All around me are familiar faces, worn out. Welcome to Strength for Tomorrow Radio. I am Stuart Thompson. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. We're into July, would you believe? I'm all pretty high in coffee right now, so uh, I thought, you know, why not? Let's put a show together. Let's get one done for the week. Last week was episode 53, and we talked about eight ways that you waste your time in the gym. Well, do you? Are you, are you prone to all eight of them? Or are there just a couple of them that you need to work on? Let me know what you think of that show. Let me know what your thoughts are. I've had a little bit of feedback. Um, some people are like, yep, guilty as charged, guilty as charged. And other people are like, nope, that doesn't apply to me, which is cool. But um, yeah, we're into episode 54. And today we're thinking about how similar we are, but also how unique we are. Now, this isn't a bit of a kind of a love fest, kind of unified show. We're all part of the human race. We are all part of the human race, but we're trying to, Think of it in terms of how you react to exercise. So, got um, it's not an action, not a jam-packed show, but um, I'm going to give you a few thoughts on that, and then we're going to round up a few news stories and joke of the week, as always. So stick around. So the main thought that I wanted to share this week on the podcast is not very long, and it'll not take you very long to listen this week's episode, but. It's significant and it's important to point it out because a lot of people go to the gym and their expectations just are not realistic. Their expectations, they don't really know what to expect or maybe what they expect is based upon what they've seen on Instagram, what they've seen on the internet, what they've seen on some documentaries or Netflix or something. But whenever you go into the gym, right, say you start lifting weights, what is your expectation of yourself? What is your expectation of the next time you go into the gym? Should you go two days in a row? Should you leave it a week? Is a week too long? How many times a week should you train? There's so many questions. There's so many questions people have and they're trying to just figure it out themselves. And the role of my role and, and our role here at Cross Functional Fitness is to, to take away those false expectations to try and um, remove lots of them and help you understand what your body, what your body is capable of and how your body reacts to exercise. So the idea behind this, this week's show is that we're all the same. And in that sense, we are, okay? We, we all react to exercise in a very, very predictable and similar way. If I'm trying to help you get stronger, if I'm trying to help you lift heavier weights um, and get stronger, then you're going to react to a session and to a stress that I help to apply to you through weights that I can predict how you're going to be the next time. And it gets more predictable the longer that you do it. The first session is always a bit more of a guessing game because you're always trying to figure out what's challenging. Is the client challenged? Um, do they understand what a challenge is? Do they think they're challenged or are they actually challenged? Because everybody who's never touched a weight before comes into the gym and they think, oh, that's really heavy. It's always really heavy, the first one, right? But I can tell by lots of different factors. I can tell that whether it is too heavy for you, the right weight, or whether we can add a bit more. I can tell by things like your control, by the speed of the bar, by just whether the bar starts slowing down across the set. 
So things like that are really obvious giveaways. They're ways that I can kind of tell and then making sure that we rest the right amount. So we're all the same, okay? We all start somewhere. We all have to start training somewhere. We, we don't all start at the top of the mountain. We don't all start back squatting 100 kilos. We all have to start somewhere. Just doing a, a decent body weight squat for most of us is, a, is where we start. Especially if you haven't worked out for 10 or 20, 30 years, that's that's a good starting point, right? But you, whenever, you, whenever you put a weight on the bar, you are applying a stress to your muscles, to your ligaments, to your tendons, to your bones. You're, you're applying a stress to your heart, to how your body regulates your blood pressure. You're applying a stress and your body gets more efficient. It gets better at, at dealing with that with every session. So if you do that on a Monday, you just start, say, say, let's just say you just started training. If you do that on a Monday, by Wednesday, that stress that you've applied, you've applied a stress, then you're going to recover in between that and you're going to adapt. Okay, that triggers, that causes adaptation in your body and all sorts of different processes. So whenever you come in on the Wednesday, you're going to lift and you're going to be capable of lifting that a little bit more. And... You're going to do the same process. You're going to apply stress in the Wednesday. You're going to recover. You're going to adapt. And you're going to be capable of lifting a little bit more on the Friday. You're going to rest up over the weekend. All the while you're still you're eating well. Getting enough protein. Getting enough sleep. Dealing with stress. Stretching. Mobilizing. All of that. You come back in the Monday. And you're able to lift a little bit more than you could on the Friday. And you're able to lift a little bit more on the Wednesday than you could on the Monday. And you're able to lift a little bit more on the Friday than you could on the Wednesday. And you're in and repeat and you do that process over and over and over again that's one of the most predictable patterns having trained hundreds of people that is one of the most predictable things that i could i can apply to anybody and as long as there's consistency I, we will see that, that weight keep going up for a long time for probably six months to a year without having to change very very much pretty much nothing else apart from the weight okay your technique will improve, your, your understanding of the exercise will improve and the purpose of it and what muscles to use and uh, where, where you're finding it challenging and little little tips and tricks of ways to make sure you're doing it right and efficient. But you don't need to start messing about too much with the sets, with the reps, with the speed, with the tempo and with the angles and all that sort of stuff. The only things that will increase really are the weight on the bar. Okay? And that's really predictable. I don't care if you are an 18-year-old kid, if you're an 18-year-old guy or girl, or if you're a 68-year-old man, you are going to adapt, okay? You're going to, if you're a man, you're going to be able to put on muscle much easier. If you're a lady, you're still going to be able to build a bit of muscle, but it takes um, a lot more effort, a lot more calorie, um, attention to calories, I should say. Because I think all hormones, Okay. If you're, a, if you're an 18-year-old guy or a 58-year-old man, you're going to adapt. You're going to cause your body to adapt. And whenever you do that, this is how you put on muscle. This is how you get stronger. This is how you change your body composition, how you change your body shape. If you are happen to be overweight, you don't need to be eating as many calories because you're already in an anabolic. You've already got anabolic tendencies, so you're able to develop tissue naturally okay you have you're predisposed to doing that if you're somebody who is thinner you're gonna have to eat a lot more calories you're gonna have to drink milk you're gonna have to eat lots of protein eggs steak fish chicken yogurt 
whatever whatever your sources of cal of uh, protein are you're going to have to eat lots of them and your total calories are going to have to go up so if you need two thousand a day normally you're going to have to eat probably two and a half three thousand don't shoot the messenger but all i'm trying to get your head around is that these are ways that you can predictably get stronger you predictably add add weight to the bar you can predictably change your body composition there are certain principles whether you are again going to use the example of 58 or, or 68 sorry or 18 there are principles and there are scientific principles that you can apply that are gonna be optimal for you in your in achieving your goal or if you don't apply them they'll be suboptimal you'll not achieve it as fast you maybe not achieve it at all there's a there's a right way of doing things and there are millions of wrong ways of doing things and it's predictable it's pretty predictable now when it comes to weight loss it's not not just as predictable it's still pretty predictable we can still say if we consume this amount of calories if you're we can work out your weight based on your weight your height your activity level all of that your age we can work out how many calories you, your body needs and then if you're trying to lose weight if you're trying to get slimmer you're trying to drop your waist size your dress size your trouser size whatever we can recommend calories for you to do that and we can say you're probably going to average this amount of weight loss per week per month now it will fluctuate a little bit it's very rarely linear it's very rarely in a straight line some weeks you might lose one pound some weeks you might lose two pounds some weeks you might lose zero pounds it might level off there are many more factors which go into um, to weight loss, to fat loss, than there are to building strength, building muscle, um, especially especially building strength. But there are so many factors which will influence that. Things like stress, things like sleep, all of those will will impact it. Um, and then for ladies, there's even more more um, reasons um, that can cause differentiation there, especially one time in the month. But why am I telling you all this? Why are we talking about this? It's the again go back to what what is reasonable? What is what is a reasonable expectation? Some people are really shocked and they start training with me that I'm gonna put more weight in the bar in the next session from the last session. They're like, oh no, that's too early. Oh, I'll still have to stick with that weight for a while. Nope. Nope. You, my expectation of you is to put more weight in the bar. And the reason for that is because you did the work last time. Now, if I wasn't watching you closely, say you were in a semi-private session or say you trained yourself in between and you told me, oh, I lifted this weight last time. Maybe you did, but maybe you didn't go all the way. Maybe you didn't do full reps. Maybe you didn't do full sets. Maybe you were bouncing the weight, whatever. If you weren't doing it with the same sort of form, then you come in and start training with me and then all of a sudden you can't lift the weight. You'll be found out, right? You kind of will be cheating yourself and then you'll be trying to lift that and it will not happen. It will not go up and you're disappointed i'd be disappointed but it's not it's not even about disappointment it's about trying to apply the right stress your body knows if you're not applying the right stress and it won't adapt in the way that you wanted to adapt or that i wanted to adapt either but this is why it's important not to fool ourselves this is why it's important not to pretend that we're strong to pretend that we did the work because you, you, your body knows okay you might have tricked your own mind, but your body will know. And this, the weights are the ultimate truth test, right? It either goes up or it doesn't go up. If you go and try and do a deadlift, it's either going to go up or it's not, right? There's no kind of, let's trick the weight into going up. Okay, let's tell it a few half-truths and see if we can get it up. Nope, there's no fooling it. There, there's no um, 
there's no cunningness or like this is why politicians I think don't lift weights very often because you can't just talk around the topic and um <laughs> trick people trick the weights into doing something manipulating them wanting to do whatever you want they won't believe you they don't care they're not like me you and I we want to we want to believe them right weights aren't like that but we're all very very similar we all react very very similar now there are things that are going to deviate so like we said men and women different hormone balances and even different different women have different capabilities when it comes to lifting weights and different men have different capabilities some men are stronger than others that's all given okay and that's why there's a difference between novices and intermediates and advanced lifters we need to draw those distinctions if you're a novice i can very predict very very predictably chart your pathway of how how, how much stronger you're going to be by whatever date after you get an intermediate and advanced that's when genetic play a role that's when your consistency plays even more of a role and your technique and the length of your femur and the length of your spine the length of your arms all those sort of little things will come into play and they will dic dictate and determine how good a lifter you can become how far you want to take it if you want to the best best lifters in the world are obviously likes of power lifters and they have genetic advantages okay a lot of them aren't over six foot a lot of them are, are quite short because they've got shorter levers so they're going to mechanically it's going to be easier for them to lift those weights i'm not saying it's easy i'm saying it's they have an advantage in lifting weights because they don't have to make the weight travel as far and then there's weight categories and all that stuff that's it's easier to keep under a certain weight if you're shorter but that's what i'm saying we're all very very similar we all react especially as novices we all react to the stress very very similarly and the more experience you have as a trainer or as i have as a trainer the more i the better i can predict it and the, the more um the more specifically i can predict it and tell you what 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 you're going to do and what's going to happen and um sticking points predicting things like that so you don't need to change everything all at once you don't need to keep changing things especially if you're a novice you don't need to change very much you need to be consistent you need to just keep adding a little bit of weight not too much just a little bit every single session and predict predictably and expect your body to progress okay it's not an exceptional thing it's not a really crazy thing it's just you find what's what's challenging add a bit more weight every session simple as that really as simple as that um now we are all in, all unique like we said we've all got certain genetic advantages some people are better at pushing exercises some people are better at pulling exercises some people are better gymnastics type things so push-ups and handstand push-ups and pull-ups and things like that some people are better at um maybe cardiovascular some people have like that slow slower twitch muscle fibers and you're, you're better at maybe longer longer distances and endurance type stuff so longer runs and um swims and cycles and stuff cool that's fine we're all unique we've all got our own giftings we've all got areas which we excel in and areas which are challenging for us in relation to our peers but that being said it doesn't mean we shouldn't try to maximize our potential and to do our very best right it means that we um we give it our sh give it our best shot and see where our genetics lay us off okay see where our genetics place us among our, our peers see where our genetics leave us but i think we have a responsibility as humans to try and excel and do our best with what we've been given we've all been given different lots why not see what we can do with it right now that's it that's kind of all i have to say about about it but you're unique you're wonderful you're special you have unique dna 
you inherited lots of traits from your, your parents and their parents going back generations so did I you're unique though you've got your own fingerprints and speaking of which we have a fingerprint scanner at the door here at the gym we have an open gym service I know I just slipped this in so well didn't I but you can come and train yourself outside of our PT and class hours from 5am till 11pm and you can get in more consistency more training but yeah sorry I got, got distracted there your fingerprints are unique to you. Okay, your DNA, DNA and all those things, your eye colour, all those things make you up, physically speaking. And you have lots of intangible qualities that make you unique, that make you special to your friends and your family. But we're all very similar, right? We all react to, we all, we all react to training initially very, very similarly. And then we branch off into different areas and get, get better at certain things. But it's pretty cool, right? We're all unique. But we're all really similar. That's all I have to say. I'd love to hear your thoughts on all of that. And our first news of the week story is... I just saw this this morning. Um, it was, I think it was Wednesday this week. But the title of it is, is from Sky News. That reputable in, um, organisation. Vitamin D overdose, in inverted commas, vitamin D overdose warning after man admitted to hospital for excessive intake. According to the journal, British Medical Journal, journal case reports, symptoms started around a month after the man had started an intensive vitamin supplement regimen. I'm almost confused. Is it regimen or regime? I don't know. You always hear um, reg, regime whenever it's like a dictator, never regime, whenever it's a and that can exercise protocols like a regime, regime, regime. I don't know. Sounds French, but I digress. Let's crack on. Doctors have warned people not to take too many vitamin D supplements after a man needed eight days of of hospital care because he overdosed. Now, of all the things to overdose on, right? I mean, fentanyl's out there. You know, all the other more traditional drugs, shall we say, recreational drugs. But this man chose to overdose on vitamin D. Now, we've talked about vitamins, we've talked about minerals before in this show, and I, I was sort of poking fun about the fact that we're so scared of overdosing on vitamins and minerals, and there's all these warnings in the back of your, in the back of your supplements telling you, you know, check with your doctor before you start a supplement regime. And it's kind of funny that we are so scared of, of overdosing and stuff like that, yet we're willing to take other drugs that we don't really know much about, right? Because we've been told, yeah, it's grand. But... There's statistically, there's there's lots of drugs out there. There's lots of um, tested and untested drugs out there that um, have statistically have, have an impact on some people. So maybe one in a hundred, one in a thousand, whatever, there's still people out there. There's side effects and things happen. But the mid-age man had, had been experiencing symptoms including vomiting, nausea and leg cramps for three months when his doctor referred him to the hospital for treatment. So they weren't the worst. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, you're vomiting and kind of throwing up for... Uh, for three months, it's probably not the most pleasant situation. You probably want to get that looked at, but you know, could have been a lot, lot worse. Could have been, um, a lot of other um. It could have been dead instantly if you were just in certain drugs. That's what happens. With if in fact, it's vitamin D. Probably was a bit more prolonged and a bit more, um, of a slow slide. According to the journal BMJ case reports, the symptoms started around a month after starting intensive vitamin supplementary intensive. It sounds like it's like a part time job for him. Intensive vitamin supplement regime. He also experienced tinnitus, dry mouth, weight loss, and increased thirst and diarrhea. I'm not surprised he'd increased thirst if he was vomiting every five minutes. Um, doctors said the overdose condition 
ca called hypervitaminosis D is increasing, though is still uncommon. Well, that's good. It's uncommon, at least. There's not very many people overdosing on vitamin D. What are things to overdose on? Crazy. The man's daily regime had included more than 20 over-the-counter supplements. Over-the-counter supplements, eh? So as, as part of this, he was taking... He would get this. He was taking 50,000 milligrams of vitamin D. The daily requirement is 600 milligrams. Is that, da is that the daily requirement? Is that what's recommended? Is that the minimum? Is that the maximum? I mean, if there's a 60 kilo woman and a 110 kilo man, do they should they take the same amount? Because the, the recommendations say that, but logic would say otherwise. But anyway, 50,000, I'm going to say that that is too much. <laughs> going to go on the limb, not a pharmacist, not a dietitian. Going to say that's significantly too much. Um, tests show that his vitamin D levels were seven times the required level. And his, wait, so they're seven times the required level. That's more than seven times earlier, surely, isn't it? I mean, if it was even if he was taking a thousand a day, if he was taking a thousand a day, and he was taking like, and he was, if he was required to take a thousand a day, and he was taking in fifty thousand a day, th that's um still more than seven, right? It's like fifty, fifty times too much. Crazy. Tissue's vitamin D levels were seven times the required level in his body. We had high levels of magnesium and calcium. His kidneys were also not working pro properly. Well, I would say I would argue that they were overworking. Um. Not working properly is maybe being a bit indescriptive about it there, but uh, I'd say his kidneys were doing overtime, double time, night shifts, everything. Intervenous foods were used to flush out his system, and he was given drugs to lower excessive calcium levels in his blood. Calcium excessive calcium levels in his blood, not a nice situation. So it wasn't just vitamin D. It's been signs of it. He was overdosing on. There seems to be a whole concoction, twenty over the counter supplements he was taking. But two, if you shook the man, he definitely would have rattled. He'd have, he could have hurt him ages away. But imagine going over speed bumps in his car, just shaking, shaking about all over the place. Two months after his hospital discharge, the levels of vitamin D in his body were still higher than required. The authors of the report said that globally there is a growing trend of hypervitaminosis D. That sounds like a totally made up word, doesn't it? Hypervitaminosis D. But emphasize this was just one case. The NHS website says some people will not make enough vitamin D from sunlight because they have very little to no sunshine exposure. No kidding, especially if you live in Ireland this summer. Has anyone seen the sun, sun this summer? It's crazy. I've seen more sun in winter, I think. It's absolutely crazy. So um, it's not surprising people are taking vitamin D tablets trying to get something in. It recommends that adults and children over the age of four can take a, bit of a daily supplement containing 10 milligrams of um, vitamin D throughout the year if they're not often outdoors or are in an institution like a care home or... Usually wear clothes that cover up most of their skins and outdoors. So vitamin D overdose, don't do it. Um, but do take your vitamin D supplement, especially if you live in Ireland um, in 2022 because we're not getting any sunshine and we can't. Our bodies are struggling to produce vitamin D and that's going to make us more susceptible to diseases and illnesses like we've seen in the last two years. That's just my two cents. What do you think of that story? Good one. Not for that man, obviously, but entertaining. Hopefully and thankfully this man is okay. Second news story this week. This one is from six days ago. So that's like last Friday, I think it was. It's from The Independent. Knee ops dropped after NHS policies on patient weight introduced study finds. So researchers suggest the introduction of limits on access to knee replacement surgery based on the patient's weight or BMI, BMI has cut. I've seen a cut in operations. Well, that's convenient, isn't it? It's very convenient. 
So it says here, the introduction of weight and BMI limits on patients needing a National Health Service knee replacement has led to a reduction in surgery in England and could be contributing to a health code health postcode lottery, according to a study. Researchers at the University of Bristol suggest that the NHS commissioning groups which have any restrictions for access to knee replacement surgery based on a patient's weight or BMI have seen a decline in surgery. I think going by both of those things, they're neither are helpful. I think even more much more useful using like body ma- um sorry using body fat percentage rather than weight. Imagine you had a rugby player who desperately you know looked after himself and he's trained hard and he needs a knee replacement and he happens to be heavy because he's built like an absolute unit and he can't get a knee knee replacement surgery because of his weight because he's got so much muscle packed onto his limbs. Doesn't sound fair to me compared to someone who's sitting on a sofa, um slowly but surely killing themselves with takeaways and cigarettes. I don't know. Is that fair? Again, it's one of those ones where you can debate it all day. Study said that one in ten people likely to need a knee replacement. Many thousands of, with one in ten people likely to need a one in ten people in general likely to need a knee replacement. Many thousands of patients direct, are directly affected by these policies. One in ten. That's crazy. as a ten percent of the population. That's insane. Um, the rules have been brought in over the last decade, but there are a lot of regional differences. The, the team, research team analysed the rates of knee replacement surgery of 481,555 patients between January 2009 and December 2019, so 10 years roughly, um, using data from the National Joint Registry and compared regions with and without a BMI policy. They found that linking access to knee replacements based on a patient's weight or BMI led to a decrease in surgery and potentially postcode health inequalities. The research team is urging commissioners and policy decision makers to reconsider restrictive policies that affect access to elective surgery as a matter of urgency. Now, this is one of those situations where it comes down to there's only so much, there's only so many surgeons, there's only so many operations, knee replacement operations can be performed, and it highlights the, the fact that healthcare is not a right. In spite of what some people think, a right is something where there's access to it, availability, unlimited. Okay, um, there is a limit to how many knee knee replacement surgeries can be done based upon supply of surgeons, um, equipment, um, appointment times. There are so many so many reasons why this this is limited, and if you want to get into should this person, this rugby player, like I used that example earlier, should that person be allowed a knee replacement surgery and someone who hasn't looked after themselves at all, should they not be allowed? Is that fair? Who says it's fair? See what I mean? It cannot It cannot be looked upon as, as a right. Medical care cannot be looked upon as a right. And to do so, you get into all sorts of mental gymnastics to try and figure out why, why that would be the case. Lead author Dr. Joanna McLaughlin from the University of Bristol said, NHS policy on whether people can immediately access referral for knee replacement surgery if they're overweight or obese varies depending on where you live in England. Our study raises the concern that these policies are linked with worsening health inequalities with fewer NHS operations for the least affluent groups in society when policies are introduced. An NHS spokesperson said, sorry, spokesman, it was a man, made that um it's not like independent to specify that but um, patients and clinicians work together prior to surgery to optimize the chance of getting the best outcome and in some cases losing weight prior to surgery reduces risk to patients and improves the chances of success for the procedure the nhs is focused on reducing waiting times for knee replacements and overall 
Since the elective recovery plan was published in February, the number of people waiting more than two years for treatment has dropped by two thirds. Study is published in the journal PLOS1. So what do you think of that one? Interesting? Are you bored about it? I think I think it's interesting. I think it's it's interesting that um the they've, they've kind of used this to I guess take pressure off the NHS for people who are waiting surgery, knee replacement surgery. Just on that, if if you are really, really, really overweight, it goes without say, without even having an in-depth knowledge of biology or physics, that you're gonna be putting extra pressure on your joints and especially your knees. So if you get knee surgery, you're given like a, a clean slate almost, and uh, you're you're um, you can get on with your life. You're hopefully going to be living without pain. If you don't lose weight, if you don't learn how to um, move better, if you don't exercise and take care of other areas like your hips, and manage your weight. Because your weight's not just the, the physical side of it, as in like your the downward pressure because of your weight going through your knee that's going to put pressure on it but there's also the inflammation that comes from carrying extra fatty tissue it's massively linked it's linked to all sorts of other illnesses and if you have happened to have a dodgy knee you're going to increase even more inflammation and don't be surprised if the other knee starts to give you bother as well but take care of your hips is what i would suggest and uh, yeah manage your weight get to a healthy weight and build muscle muscle is going to be able to build up and support things around the structures around your knee as well so interesting story i think that's one way to clear the nhs backlog isn't it just put in uh, policies that uh, stop people from uh, being allowed to operate on if uh, they're too heavy madness and our third news story this week is from the bbc and i just saw this pop up yesterday i thought it was an interesting one it says the range I think that's the company. The range pulls bikini and bride weight loss items. So pull them. Bit of a funny description, but anyway. So the range has this discontinued weight loss countdown coin savers in the shape of a bikini and a wedding dress after complaints over sexist body shaming. The wall plaques include slots to stash one pound for every pound of weight lost up to 40 pounds, 18 kilos on the bridal version. Emma Conway saw the items and asked if there were any for men. There were not. <laughs> That's great journalism. That's great writing there. There were not. Brilliant. Anyway, uh, she said, I left the shop shaking. In 2022, a large chain is feeding into the narrative that women need to be smaller to drop a dress size. The Plymouth-based retailer told the BBC it had not set out to offend customers well, it's probably not a great policy for a business to set out to offend customers. Um, I'd not set out to offend customers and would not be stocking either product again. Miss Conway, a digital creator known on social media as Brummy Mummy of Two, told her 147,000 Instagram followers she did not have an issue with people wanting to lose weight for a variety of reasons. But I asked if there was one for men. Maybe a loose, loose chunks to fit in your trunks. There wasn't, she posted. Loose chunks to fit in your trunks. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, not over that yet. It was just for women to get a bikini body and to fit in a smaller wedding dress to put a sign in their houses, which they would look at each day, she said, to help them get ready to go to the beach. The motivation is not to get fit and healthy, but to shrink themselves. 
Remember, ladies, we need to be tiny. I think that's sarcasm there. I think that's sarcasm. She added, anyone reading this, remember how to get a bikini body is to buy a bikini and put it on your body. Genius. Genius. The range to the BBC in a statement, we appreciate that everybody, as inverted commas, is bikini ready all the time. But some of our customers have found this a way, a fun way to help them reach a goal. This product has, however, now been discontinued and we will not be stocking it again. It sounds like to me, right, it sounds like they're trying to defend their product that they offered it, but they also are pulling it from the shelves as a result of this debacle. Brummy Mummy of Two's post attracted more than 10,000 likes and hundreds of replies. Among them was an author, writer and podcast host, Alison Perry, who wrote, This makes me so angry. I emphasise the so there. There's only one O. It wasn't like so, like loads of O's. The range, the range this might seem harmless to you, but it's really not, she added. You're perpetuating the belief that women have to fit into a narrow beauty ideal to be acceptable. It's dangerous. Walking past this in one of your shops could trigger someone and set them down, off down a path of dieting and disordered eating. Not okay. By that same logic, you're, you're, you 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 mind like what other products are gonna trigger some like donuts are, could could trigger someone into disordered eating, um, protein shake could trigger someone into disordered eating. <laughs> Sorry, there's there's a lot of oh, wow. This is this is a class Instagram user. Get this. I'm gonna say people around says Instagram user push in. That's really hard. Paniable of treacle root. I can't pronounce that. It's on BBC website. You can look it up. See if you can pronounce it. I saw these the other day. I could not believe it. Utterly amazed that they are allowed to sell this trash. I will be happily wearing my lovely size 18 bikinis this year with pride. How many bikinis do women need? Just out of interest. I mean, I've got like one or two pairs of swimming trunks. That's it. That and even I think one of them doesn't really fit me that well anymore. But uh, they're a bit a bit tight. My bum's grown so much from all the squats. But um, how many bikinis do women need? Just seriously. Um, there were also replies from women who said that they did not have a problem with the idea of the wall plaques as motivational tools, but said they would prefer them to be gender neutral <laughs> and not tied to events like a holiday or wedding. This is like, it's just me here. This, this seems to be absolute insanity. I kind of want to finish the story and then go through it, but... um. The range had advertised its pink spotted bikini wall plaque on its website as a fun and unique way to save money and get fit and suggested you can treat yourself with the cash when you get, reach your target. A similar plaque in the shape of a wedding dress had the words weight loss journey at the top. The range's website said, save up, up the, the pounds as you slim down to your go weight for the big day with this dress size pound countdown plaque. Shaped like a wedding dress with 40 shaped slot, coin shaped slots, you can place a pound in each one as you lose weight for your special occasion, meaning more money spending more, more money spending money for your honeymoon. This is not the first time the Rangers weight loss countdowns have attracted criticism. In October, the Independent reported that eating disorder charities said that eight items glamorised weight loss. Glamorised weight loss. I'm trying to, trying to hold, my, hold my tongue until the very end. And in 2019, the Sun reported that, that they made women feel unworthy. I'm going to step in here. Um, they, they made women feel unworthy. To be honest, you cannot, only you can make yourself feel unworthy. No one else can make you feel that. Okay, you're in charge of how you feel. People can be mean to you, but you don't have to buy the product. Okay, 
how about just not buying the product? You don't have to complain about everything in the shop that's being sold. I could go I could go into any shop and start complaining about the, the fact that they're selling high high sugar, high calorie products that are causing obesity, causing chronic illnesses to increase, making us shut the world down because of COVID, because people can't cope because we're all so obese. I could complain about those items being sold, but I choose to live my life and move on. I choose not to bother. I just don't buy the products. Okay, that's my little bit. You can do that as well. Just it's real simple. Just don't spend the money on it. When the BBC put Miss Commerce comments to the range, it said occasionally we do inadvertently offend customers. <laughs> occasionally, you know, just on on the cuff sometimes, just accidentally we offend customers. Though this is not something we ever set out to do. What a great business plan that would be to offend customers, um, intentionally. The retailer said it had decided to stop selling the items, although both were still available on its website at the time of publication. So there you are. Um, range if you want to um, sponsor me I can tell people about your product still being on the website so you can still get these bikini things they say they sound like the trashiest pieces of crap you know like you would get in like I don't know some really really cheap like store like a pound shop or something and that's the sound of tack you would get and uh, people are getting offended by it it's mental but it's giving me good content so it's all good it's all good um but yeah, it's crazy. People are people are getting offended. But it's going to go back up here. So like I said in October, the independent reported that eating disorder charity said that items glamorize weight loss. Some people need to lose weight. Okay, that's just a fact of life. If if you are so, if you're overweight to the point that you are able to lose eighteen kilograms, um, and get into a wedding dress and look normal and healthy. That's a, it's probably a sign that you probably need to do that, okay? No offence, but it's probably going to do your health better. Health, health, health a load of good. It's going to do your health health good long term. It's crazy. It says, as this woman says here, Emma comment, I left the shop shaking. Imagine going to the shop and going away from it so angry that you're shaking. <laughs> Emma, calm down. Take a chill pill. Take a wee cough. No, don't take a coffee. You'll be stressed out. You'll probably shake even more then. <laughs> this is crazy, right? Is it just me or is this crazy? Um... Like some people need to lose weight. We're all adults, okay? If you're offended because you think that your child is going to see that and needs to... um, If, if you're off of the age that you're able to get married, then you're old enough to make a decision on whether you need... Oh, do I need to lose weight? Do I not need to lose weight? You're old enough to know yourself. You're old enough to make that decision for yourself. If you're trying to protect children, um, that's a different matter. That's something that I think parents do need to speak up about and uh, try and protect their kids in some way but also educate their kids and try and give them a good sense of perspective and a good um, outlook on things a responsible one but um <laughs> it's, it's crazy the motivation is not to get fit and healthy but to shrink themselves getting fit and getting healthy most a lot of the time for a lot of people is to try and lose weight okay we most of us are carrying too much weight we know that we've come out of a pandemic we've come out of two years of mental lockdowns and people that are overweight people have put on weight as a nation this is just statistically this is the case the reason we had to do lockdowns sorry didn't have to do them the reason that governments enforced them on us is because they said that we were all susceptible to covid and we could all die from it now we know that's not true we know it wasn't true but we could have we could have looked after ourselves by being in shape we could have looked after ourselves by by being a healthy weight by working out by training by eating better so, I don't think getting offended by it, like people are getting angry about it, the range might say, obviously, but it's really not. 
you're perpetuating the belief that women have to fit into a narrow beauty ID to be acceptable. It's not about being acceptable. They're offering you a product. You can choose to buy the product or you can choose to move on with your life. It's as simple as that. They're retailers. They're not trying to like torture you or um, bully you or anything. There's literally an a item on a shelf and if you can't walk past an item without getting offended, ignoring it and moving on, I don't know. I can't help you and the internet is probably not the place for you then. So what do you get that story? Let me know your thoughts on this one. It's a bit mental. Okay, okay. Got a joke for you. You might not know this about me, but I used to go out with a girl who had one leg shorter than the other. She was called Eileen. <laughs>